a get-out-of-jail-free card for pedos in California, which should surprise absolutely no one. Twitter and Apple, let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, they're going at it. (laughs) And robots are now authorized to kill you. Yes, welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. I got all that and more coming up tonight on the show. It is live across four different platforms. Our main channel, rumble.com, of course. We're live there. Hello, Rumble. Also, Facebook Watch, uh, we're live. YouTube, we are live. And Twitch.tv, we are live. So, four different platforms you can watch us. You can also subscribe. Missy Bean, good morning, and I love you too. <laughs> All right, good to see you. Hang on, where's that? There we go. Wanted to get a round of applause there for you, Missy. Good to uh, good to have you along for the ride there in Torrington, Connecticut, my semi-hometown. My hometown's actually Cornwall, Connecticut, uh, which is just about 20 minutes to the, I don't know, kind of west, northwest. <laughs> and uh, But I lived in Torrington for many, 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 many years. So many great memories of Torrington. In fact... Somebody posted some decorations that were around Torrington on the uh, Torrington Talks Facebook page, I think. Oh, man, what a great memory. It was so nice to see that uh, back from my my semi-hometown. So, miss you much, Missy. All right. We got all that and more coming up. And, of course, uh, after we get through with all of our other topics, we will uh, get back to Bambi. We're on Chapter 17 tonight. We're reading the story of... Bambi, which everybody knows from the very famous 1942 Walt Disney uh, animated film. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been an absolutely amazing book. I can't wait to dig back into it tonight. All right. Right now, it's an important Miko update. Miko update. <laughs> oh, yeah. Miko, Miko is our little uh, Shiba Inu. And uh, Miko is going to be three years old tomorrow. Yes, she is turning three years old, which, you know, would be about 21 in dog years, in people years, I should say. And uh, she's doing great. She had a couple of great walks today. In fact, you remember I told you about Max, the amazing golden retriever, and the old man golden retriever? Well, I finally managed to get the proof. There is, uh, can we get my mouse back? Here we go. There is Miko. There is Max. And there's the old man. Take a look. I shot some video. They stopped by the house tonight and we were just about to leave for our walk. So Max's owner, Max, I keep forgetting the old dog's name. It's, you can see there from the video footage. It's so old. Still gets around, but has a really tough time. Max, however, isn't even a year old. Look at the size of that dog. He's the most incredible golden retriever. He is so friendly. And Miko loves him to death. Although, since she's off her heat cycle, she didn't love him quite as much tonight as she was before. But look at this. I mean, he's two or three times her size. And she just doesn't put up with anything from him. Uh, we actually started... Here's another little piece of footage. We um, we actually walked together down the down the street. And uh, Mika was kind of leading the pack. <laughs> and Max is still trying to get her attention. And uh, and she finally says, 
the hell with that. And she takes off uh, as soon as the traffic cleared. So, yeah, this was us out on our walk tonight. That is Max and the old man. They are the most amazing, amazing two dogs. And, uh, of course, Miko, who will turn three tomorrow, is uh, is not having any of it. She just took right off. So she's doing fantastic. Um, I've got a big Facebook post coming up with pictures from back when we first got Miko all the way up to today. So uh, it's three years of great shots. I'll be posting those in an album uh, coming up tomorrow. All right. Our Miko update brought to you by the folks at BarkBox.com. What is BarkBox.com? Well, it is a box full of treats for your dog. Comes once a month. You can sign up for one one box. That's it. Or you can sign up for a six-month or 12-month subscription. If you use our special link, BarkBox.com slash Miko, you will get an extra month free when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. So sign up for six months, you get seven. At 12 months, you get 13. You get a couple of toys sized for your dog. You can check small, medium, or large. Also, if you have any, a dog has any allergies, you can let them know about that and they will make sure you don't get, you know, like beef, fish, chicken, whatever, seafood. Uh, you get a, a couple of bags of treats and a dog chew. Every month it comes to your door, delivered right directly to you and every month is a new theme they're adorable check out the website take a look you'll see under monthly themes over here on the side uh, there you go monthly themes uh, you'll see all the different themes they've had in the past and every month they come up with a new incredibly cute theme please do check it out and sign up it's a barkbox.com slash miko m-i-k-o that'll get you our special deal with our special link there uh, 100% guarantee if you're ever not happy with anything, just get a hold of their customer service and they will make it right. So check it out, BarkBox.com. And thank you, BarkBox, for sponsoring our uh, our Miko update here tonight. All right. Uh, it's raining, by the way, here in Malaysia. It rained all afternoon. We got a little bit of a break for about 20 minutes, half an hour, which is when you saw us go out for the walk with Miko. And then it started raining again, and now it's still pouring outside. It's the season, so that happens. But uh, it's just, man, it's relentless. And of course, with that, here in Malaysia, we always wind up getting a whole lot of flooding. So driving, if you're on the roads tonight in Malaysia, watch your butt. Take it slow. All right, this is from Blaze Media. This is unbelievable. And yet, at the same time, not hard to believe because of where it's from. Good old, insane California. Thousands of pedophiles in Democrat-run California serve less than one year in prison for their crimes against children. Less than one year year when yeah here's that idiot Newsom now when as far as I'm concerned they ought to be in there for life Democrats in California have made sure that certain men who statutorily rape minors by sodomy don't have to register as sex offenders what several years ago these morons decriminalized child prostitution. Yeah. Uh, I'm not kidding. In California, child prostitution has been decriminalized. 
A Daily Mail report revealed that extra to what appears to be a lax approach to addressing the scourge of pedophilia, California also has gotten into the habit of setting loose child molesters shortly after they have been convicted, not charged, but charged and convicted. And within a few months, unlock the door and off they go. The California Department of Justice, Megan's Law website, designed to provide information on registered sex offenders in that state so members of the public can better protect themselves and their families. According to an offender's name, age, residence, and offenses drawn from the California Sex and Arson Registry, could be accessed along with the dates of the offender's last conviction and when the offender was released. The database was named after Megan Kanka, a murder victim of a twice-convicted pedophile. The Daily Mail noted the California Department of Justice has recently taken steps to prevent new data from being gathered and analyzed on the Megan's Law website. California, what the hell? Seriously? Nevertheless, the site alleges, uh, allegedly indicated last week there were currently over 61,000 sex offenders listed in California, a 12% increase over the 2019 figures detailed in the report that's discussed below in this article. You can check it out. Uh, utilizing information on the Megan Law database, Daily Mail investigation revealed that thousands of pedophiles who molested kids were released after only a few months in prison. Having parsed the data of 54,000 sex offenders who were listed on the website as of July 2019, 76% had committed offenses involving children, your children, our children. Similarly staggering number found through a comparison of conviction and release dates. How long was the average pedophile served in jail? Two years, 10 months. That's it. And then they just let him go. And thousands of predatory deviants were in and out of prison in less than half that time. <coughs> Folks, get out of California. I'm not kidding. Get the hell out of California. It is insane. And it's only going to get worse. There's more details. They are gory and they are here in this article, it is the link in our show notes. You'll find it in today's show, and the top link there is uh, is this article. It's it's an eye opener. Although, like I said, when it comes to California, absolutely nothing should surprise you. It's just unbelievable. Two years, ten months, and many get less than half that when they should likely just be stuck in jail or prison and the key thrown away. Yeah. 
Well, as you know, moving along, <laughs> Twitter has been opened up. Thousands of previously unjustifiably banned accounts have been returned, uh, have been reactivated, have been unbanned. Um, I'm a free speech, as free speech absolutist. I believe that you should be able to say absolutely anything you want, anywhere, anytime. Now, there are rules of decorum. There are rules of being rude. Uh, there are, you know, inciting violence, obviously, is against the law. But when it comes to what your opinion is, whether I agree or disagree, I think you have an absolute, absolute right to express that publicly on whatever platform you want. Sadly, a lot of people don't, especially leftists. It's so funny because they were so happy when they could just censor all the, uh, the people who were mostly on the right who disagreed with them, and they just clicked the ban button. Um, but now that the uh, shoe's on the other foot, so to speak, now that Elon has pretty much opened up Twitter to, to free speech in many, many ways, uh, they're not happy about it. And, uh, you know, good old Apple. <laughs> I posted this, uh, I posted a, a comment about this, and it's really true. Tensions are growing between Apple's censorship practices and Elon Musk's Twitter. Now, you may or may not have heard this story, but you'll see there's uh, that idiot Tim Cook and Elon Musk, our savior. <laughs> no, look, I'm not a, I'm not one of these fanboy can do no wrong people. If Elon screws up, just like Trump, I am a, uh, a supporter of President Trump. But if he does something I don't like, you're going to hear it from me first. Absolutely. It's not, oh, no, he can do no wrong. Same thing with Elon. Tired of censorship and cancel culture? Well, Elon Musk has claimed that Apple has threatened to withhold Twitter from the Apple Store and didn't give them a reason. Apple's also threatened to withhold Twitter from its App Store, but won't tell us why, Musk tweeted on Monday. There's the tweet. The announcement came after Musk said iPhone maker had mostly stopped advertising on Twitter. He also posted a poll asking users if Apple would publish, if Apple should publish all censorship actions it's taken that affect its customers. <laughs> yeah. Apple's yet to respond to Musk's claim. Unclear what withhold means. In most cases, it might mean refusing updates on the app or even removing the app from the store until uh, Twitter obeys its demands. There have been various clues about Musk's growing annoyance at Apple's monolistic uh, practices. Uh, monopolistic, I should have said. The Twitter owner criticized the App Store's in-app purchase fee, calling it a hidden 30% tax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow. Musk said he's going to loosen the platform's content censorship guidelines. He has already, in a lot of ways, and has already begun reinstating banned accounts, a lot of them. I'm going to tell you something that you're not going to like, but I said a couple minutes ago, I am a free speech absolutist. I think, now, he unbanned Trump's account, of course. He did that a while ago. Trump still hasn't tweeted. We're all sitting around waiting. 
You think he will? I'm not sure. I mean, Trump's got an ego the size of the great outdoors. But I'm not sure. He's got true social going on, so he doesn't really need Twitter. But does he need Twitter? Hmm. Anyway, the thing that I was about to say that many of you will disagree with is, in my opinion, Alex Jones' account should be unbanned on Twitter. Now, Elon has specifically said he would never do that. He lost a child, and because of... He claims Alex Jones was making money off the death of children. Um, Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I know Alex Jones is a whack job, but I am a free speech absolutist. And in my opinion, Alex Jones should not be banned off of any social media platform. You can click block. You can click ignore. You can go past the posts. You don't have to listen or read them. But his rights to free speech are no different than yours and no different than mine. Whatever he has to say. Strange person that he is, I'll give you that. Point stipulated. But uh, yeah, this fight is just going to keep going on and it's... Hmm, uh, I don't think it's going to end well. But you know what? You got Apple fighting against Elon. Elon's got the bucks to back himself up, although he's got less now that he bought Twitter. (laughs) But he still has a lot of bucks. Uh, What else we got here? Let me see. Musk promises to... Oh, yes. Speaking of which, here's another one related to Twitter and Elon. Musk is promising to release the internal Twitter censorship files. Behind the scenes, Twitter's biggest censorship decisions. The Twitter files on free speech suppression will soon be published on Twitter itself. The public deserves to know what's really happening, Elon Musk uh, tweeted. Um, (laughs) Last week, Twitter uh, user ALX called on Musk to make public all the internal discussions about the decision to censor the New York Post's Hunter Biden laptop story just before the 2020 election. Well, Musk responded, this is necessary to restore public trust. And after taking over, he issued a statement to advertisers hinting he was going to allow more free speech on the platform. Since then, Musk has fired a lot of, what, 70% some odd of the company, and Twitter's still running fine. In fact, I think it's running better. Um, He has uh, fired some of the members of the team responsible for content censorship, also restored accounts that have been permanently banned, Donald Trump, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Babylon Bee, Project Veritas, who just came out with an amazing new video you must see. Check out Project Veritas's latest. And last week, he said it was going to restore all accounts that had been banned, provided they had not broken the law or spammed. I am interested in seeing the behind-the-scenes discussions that went on about canceling the Hunter Biden laptop story. That's what I want to see. So we shall find out. Hmm. 
All right. You know, we're big on killing digital IDs around this show. We've talked about it a thousand times. Well, New Zealand, we just told you last week about the facial recognition software that's going in a whole bunch of stores. Scary stuff. Here we go again. Right next door from Australia. The used to be and is quickly becoming another penal colony. Australian company directors have just one week to be forced into mandatory digital ID. Yep, here we go. First New Zealand, then Australia, and who's next? For every person covered by the Corporations Act, the Australian Tax Office requires them to apply for a digital director's ID. The Corporations Act covers those running most small businesses, major entities, charities, nonprofits, and those who do not sign up for this digital director's ID could face fines of up to 13,000 Aussie dollars and be deemed ineligible to run a company. <laughs> So far, fewer than 1.5 million of the 2.5 million company directors in the country have registered. Good. Fight the system. Tell them to shove it where the sun don't shine. Implementing the scheme is within the ATO calls, the Australian Business Registry Services. Uh, Deputy Registrar Karen Fote said the ABRS has done a lot to inform the public about the scheme, including accountants, annual electronic reminders, and an advertising campaign. The issue is not people knowing about the new requirement. It's about people postponing getting registered. Well, maybe because they don't want your draconian Big Brother crap digital ID garbage. Do you ever think about that? First, they came for the plumbers. Fight back, folks. Fight this crap. All right, there's been a story here in the news that uh, hmm, people have taken the wrong attitude about, I think. Because, you know, it makes a great headline. Robots are now authorized to kill you. Yeah, if that's the headline, it's going to get your attention. You're going to click on it. But there's a different take on this. San Francisco, here we go again, California, has approved the deadly force option for police robots. Yeah, that is a police robot. And that's the controller. The San Francisco Board of Supervisors approved a request by the police for the allowance of a deadly force option on robots that already are in use with law enforcement. The San Francisco Police Department asked for permission related to military-grade machines that are operated by trained officers. The department already uses 17 robots, but only 12 are functional. Five of those are out of commission. And they can now potentially be used to kill suspects during critical incidents. 
An explosive charge may be considered an immediate uh, intermediate force option. It could potentially, though, be a lethal option, said police uh, in a statement. Robots equipped in this manner would only be used in extreme circumstances to save or prevent further loss of innocent lives. A similar request has been made by the Oakland Police Department, but the uh, language approving the policy later was removed. Critics decried the plan to use police robots in a lethal manner, and this is where I think they're wrong. We're living in a dystopian future, according to an attorney for the uh, Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights. We're living in a dystopian future, uh, future where we debate whether the police can use robots to execute citizens without a trial, jury, or judge. Not true. You're reading the headline and not reading the details of the story. These robots, which potentially could be authorized to use deadly force against a suspect, would still have a human operator who would ultimately make that decision. It would be no different than if a cop on the street and a suspect, the suspect pulls a gun, starts to aim it at the officer, and the officer pulls his weapon out, and fires. In this case, it's not a handgun strapped to his his service belt. It's a robot with some potentially lethal thing on board. But there's still a human being, obviously a cop, on the other side of the control making the decision whether or not to use, and whether or not it's authorized and justified to use deadly force. Now, when I see the article pop up about giving the robots their own control and allowing the robots to make the decision, now we got a problem. (laughs) But for the moment, it's just a machine controlled by a human, controlled by a law enforcement officer, and that decision ultimately happens from the law enforcement officer, which, in my opinion, absolutely. Knock yourself out. It's just another weapon in the arsenal. Cool beans. So don't go too crazy when you get all, oh my God, robots are going to come after us and kill us now. No, that's not the case. Well, Kind of. But there's a cop on the other end of the robot, okay? So, chill. All right. We're going to wrap up on a a piece of good news, and then we're going to get on to our book, Bambi. We're at Chapter 17 tonight. Um, I always end up the show with a piece of good news, and this one broke my heart. Five-year-old best friends. These guys are five years old. They go to school together. They're best friends. Inseparable. So they decided they wanted to get the same exact haircut so that they could trick their teacher so she wouldn't be able to tell them apart. Children's hearts have no prejudice. 
which is important to remember in a society where a lot of adults resort to hatred, racial stereotypes, the melanin content of your skin seems to matter to some people. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care. It all has to do with the, as MLK said, content of your character. Adults may believe they always know best, but this story demonstrates you can learn a lot from watching the next generation. So these two best friends, they're not related, but these two best friends decided they wanted to get exactly the same haircut so they could trick their teacher and their teacher couldn't tell them apart. I purposely haven't shown you the picture of these two best friends yet, but here it is. That's them. (laughs) Kids, don't see color. You have to learn to hate people of another race. For those listening on the podcast, the link is in our show notes if you want to check out the article. But uh, just for your benefit, these two little guys, both of whom are absolutely adorable, one is black and one is white. <laughs> what a great picture. <laughs> what a great story. Ah, oh, man, I'm telling you. <sighs> Way to restore your faith in humanity. Yeah. All right, it is time to move on to our book. Are you ready? We're at chapter 18, the story of Bambi. This was originally written in German by Felix Salton. It was translated to English. It uh, There's only been one Bambi movie, the animated feature from Disney, back in, came out in, for the first time in 1942. It was then re-released about, I don't know, eight, nine, ten different times. But um, the book that we've been reading now for many weeks is uh, it follows along the, uh, the Disney film pretty closely and uh, we have been enjoying it a lot. So let's just jump right in. It's chapter 18 in the story of Bambi. One day, Marina turned up again. She was already nearly grown up when Gobo disappeared, but She was almost never to be seen since then. She held herself apart, went on her own solitary ways. She'd always had a slight build and looked quite young, but she was serious and quiet and more gentle than anyone else. Now she'd heard from the squirrel, from jays and magpies, from thrush and pheasant, that Gobo had come back home and had wonderful experiences. Then she appeared and wanted to see him. Gobo's mother was very proud and happy about her visit. Most of all, Gobo's mother was very proud of how happy she seemed. She was glad the entire forest was talking about her son. She wallowed in this fame, and she wanted everyone to acknowledge that Gobo was the cleverest and the most capable and the best. What do you think, Marina? She called. What do you think of Gobo? She didn't wait for an answer, but just continued. Can you still remember that time when Miss Nettler said he wouldn't amount to much because he'd shivered a bit in the cold? And, And can you remember how she prophesied that I'd never get much joy from him? 
Gobo certainly gave you enough to worry about, Marina answered. Oh, that's all in the past, Gobo's mother declared, and was very surprised that anyone could still be thinking of these things. Oh, I feel so sorry about poor Mrs. Nepla. It's such a shame she's no longer alive and can't see what my Gobo's made of himself. <clears throat> yes, poor Mrs. Nepla, said Marina gently. It's a pity about her. Gobo enjoyed hearing his mother praise him like this. It pleased him. He stood there and felt as good as if standing in warm sunshine And when he heard these phrases. His mother said to Marina, Even the old prince came to see Gobo. She said it in a way that it was secretive and a whisper and celebratory. He's never let any of us catch a glimpse of him, but when it was Gobo, he came. Why did he call me a poor thing? asked Gobo, sounding very discontented. I'd like to know what that was supposed to mean. Oh, don't you worry about that, his mother reassured. He's very old and a bit odd. But now, finally, said what was on his mind. All this time, it's been going round my head what he meant by that. You poor thing. I'm not poor, and I'm not unlucky. I'm very lucky. I've seen more, I've had more experiences than, than anyone else. I know more about this world, about life, than anyone here in the forest. What do you think, Marina? Yes, she said. There's certainly no one who can gainsay that. And from that day on, Marina and Gobo were always together. It's a very short chapter, so we're going to move on into chapter 19. We'll see how far we get. Chapter 19. <coughs> Excuse me. Bambi looked for the elder. He could walk all night, all through the nights, wandered about all the time the sun rose, and when the morning sky was red, all along the uncharted ways without Faline. There were many times when he still felt an urge to go to her. Sometimes he was still as happy to be with her as he'd been before. He found it beautiful to walk about with her, to hear her chatting, to have a meal with her at the edge of a thicket. But now these were things that didn't satisfy him as much as they had done. Before, it was rare for him to think of the elder when he was with Feline, but even then, it was only fleetingly. Now he was out searching for the elder. He felt an inexplicable, inexplicable yearning to see him and remembered about Feline only once. He could always find her whenever he wanted her. He felt a little urge to be together with the others, though, Gobo or Auntie Ina. He avoided them whenever he could. Bambi was unable to stop thinking about the phrase that the elder had used about Gobo. He'd been remarkably struck by it. From the very first day that he'd come back, Gobo's reappearance had seriously disturbed him. Bambi didn't know why, but when Gobo looked at him, it immediately seemed to make him suffer. Bambi was ashamed of Gobo, but didn't know why. He was worried about him without knowing why, but now, whenever he was with the incautious, 
self-conscious, complacent, and haughty gobo, that phrase came to mind. You poor thing. He couldn't get it out of his head. But one dark night, in which Bambi had once again assured the owlet, just to please him, that he had been dreadfully startled by him, it suddenly occurred to Bambi to ask where the elder might be. The owlet replied in his cooing voice that he didn't have the slightest idea. But Bambi could see that he really didn't want to say. <clears throat> no, he said, I don't believe you. You're so clever. You know about everything that goes on in this forest. I'm sure you know where the elder's hiding. The owlet went back down into a nice soft gray-brown ball, turned his big clever eyes a little as he always did when he felt like it, and asked, Well then, do you really have such respect for me? Why is that then? Bambi didn't hesitate. Because you're so wise, he said candidly. And despite that, you're such fun and so friendly. And because you can frighten others so well, and that's so clever to startle others, so very clever. I wish I could do that. That would be very useful to me. Oh, the owlet had sunk his beak deep into his breast feathers and was pleased. Well, he said, I know the elder likes your company. Do you think so? exclaimed Bambi as the owlet spoke. His heart began to beat with joy. Oh, yes, I'm sure of it, answered the owlet. He likes your company, and that's why I think I might dare to tell you where he is now. <coughs> He pulled his feathers down against his body and suddenly looked quite thin again. Do you know that deep gorge where the willows are? Yes, Bambi nodded. Do you know the thicket of oak trees on the other side? No, Bambi admitted. I I've never been to the other side. Now listen carefully, the owlet whispered. On the other side, there's a thicket of oak trees. You have to go through there, and you come to an area of bushes, hazel, white poplars, hawthorns, and privets. In the middle, there, you'll need to find an old beech tree that's been broken down by the wind. It won't be as easy for you to find on the ground, certainly not as easy as it is from up in the air. That's where the elder lives, under the trunk of that tree. But don't say I told you. Under the trunk? <laughs> yes, the owlet laughed. There's a dip in the ground there. The hollow trunk lies over it. That's where he is. Oh, thank you, said Bambi with enthusiasm. I don't know whether I'll be able to find him, but thank you a thousand times. And he hurried away. Making no sound, the owlet flew along behind him, close above him as he began to screech. Oo-yee! Bambi was startled. Did I shock you? the owlet asked. Yes, he stuttered, and this time he was telling the truth. The owlet felt satisfied with himself and cooed. I just wanted to remind you, don't say I told you. Of course I won't, Bambi assured him, and he ran off. <coughs> When he reached the gorge, 
the elder emerged from the darkness of the chamber right in front of him. So silently, so suddenly, that Bambi was greatly startled once again. I'm not there anymore, where you hope to find me, the elder said. Bambi said nothing. What do you want from me? the elder asked. Nothing, stuttered Bambi. Oh, nothing. Do forgive me. After a pause, the elder said gently, It wasn't just today that you started looking for me. He waited. Bambi said nothing. The elder continued, You passed quite close to me twice yesterday, and twice this morning, too. Very close. Why, Bambi gathered up his courage, why did you say that uh, about Gobo? Do you think I was mistaken? No, Bambi declared with a passion. No, I think you must be right. The elder nodded very slightly, and his eyes looked at Bambi with more benevolence than ever before. Bambi said to those eyes, but, but why? I, I can't understand it. It is enough that you think so. You'll understand it later. Farewell. Ooh, bit of a mystery. And that's the end of chapter 18. We will move on to chapter 20 in our next stream coming up on Saturday night. Cool beans. <laughs> all right, guys, thanks so much. Uh, please ignore the bot in the chat with all this crap and everything. As I know you're, my audience is smarter than two. Uh, where is that? Over on Twitch. Of course, Twitch. The only place we get bots and garbage uh, chat stuff. <laughs> nice job, Twitch. All right. Uh, please do like and subscribe. Our main channel, of course, is at rumble.com. You can sign up for a free account over there and uh, check out all of our videos and our show live every week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Saturdays at 10 p.m. Malaysian time. And uh, all of our past shows are there on Rumble. We're also, of course, on YouTube. You can subscribe to us over there and uh, twitch.tv and Facebook Live, of course. We're, uh, we're there, too. So thanks much for joining me. I will see you again Saturday night. Until then, this is The Jay Sheldon Show. Good night, folks. <laughs>